Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. I want to jump in now and talk about repeat the sound of joy. Now, if you haven't lived under a rock, you know that this is a line. Repeat the sounding joy. Someone laughed at my singing voice. That hurts my feelings. But y'all know that this comes from joy to the world. But here's the deal. Here's the deal with this. This series, even leading up to Christmas Eve services, is all going to be about joy, but it's going to be different aspects. We're going to go through the Christmas story eventually in this series, but here's the deal, and this is what I want to start with today, and this is kind of the introduction to joy. I think like it's interesting that we sing this song because it was never intended. Joy. Did you know Joy to the World was never intended to be a Christmas song? And we've taken it and made it a Christmas song, and it's like it's the hardest time of year. It's probably why we've made it this to actually experience joy. Like we decorate everything. Truth, I, this is truth time. How many of y'all went shopping on Friday? Let me see your hands. Shopping on Friday. That's less than I thought. So we got some better mooded people in here than I thought. Clemson fans, let me see your hands. Y'all are repeating the sound of joy. I can tell. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Game cause this too shall pass. But like. That's happiness, though. We're going to get there in a minute. Don't, don't get ahead of me. But, like, but it's the hardest time of year because it's the time of year that all the junk that you don't want to deal with, that sometimes we don't have to deal with, it comes up. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like if you had a separation in your family, a death or a divorce or, or something bad with your kids and they move away and they rebel and they go crazy, Christmas is the hardest time because it's the time that you want to experience with your family and it's the time that seems the most jacked up. And so when I want to experience joy and, and peace and, oh, you know, sing songs, it's, it's hard. Christmas is by far the leading time for suicide and divorce. I think that's fascinating, or at least separation. And so, so to repeat the sounding joy seems ridiculous, doesn't it? Because the fact of the matter is I don't even feel joy. And, and here's the deal with joy. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is who I am or who I am not because it is an awareness. This is the definition in the Greek, and I found this so fascinating, and this is where we're heading today. It's the awareness of God's goodness and grace. The awareness of God's goodness and grace is what joy actually is. So look, this is what rejoice means, repeat the sounding joy, to delight in God's goodness and grace constantly and exceedingly. John 10.10 10 says the thief comes to steal kill and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly or exceedingly. Big time, over the top, I want you to have this. But this is the deal. There is a massive difference between knowing about it and wanting to be joyful. And I think almost everybody, if not everybody, if I ask you to show your hand or talk back to me right now, I think almost everybody would say, I want this, Pastor. I want, I want joy. Joy sounds good. Let's do this. But then junk comes in our way, and it's a problem. I want you to see in Psalm chapter 98 what your purpose is. This is why 
Joy to the World was written. I'm not going to preach this any other time in this series, but I wanted you to see this. I thought this was a good start to our series because this is, this is why he wrote it. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth break forth into joyous song. And some of y'all would feel weird if we weren't in this room. And you just started breaking forth into joyous song. Does anybody do that? Talk to me in here because I love to do that. People look at me like, that dude's crazy. <laughs> like, yes, I am. And sing praises in the shower, in your car. Just let it out. Let it go. Like, sing praises to the Lord with a lyre. That's what Corey and Blake and Travis were playing this morning. And with trumpets, no one had that, right? Don't think anybody had a trumpet. Mariachi would be awesome. No. And sound the thank you. And sound the horn. Make a joyful noise before the Lord. Excuse me, before the king, the Lord. And then watch this. This is crazy. Why? It says, let the sea roar and all that fills it. The world and those who dwell in it. Everything, everything, everything that has breath, let it praise the Lord, including the world, the earth. Let the rivers clap their hands and let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord. And so it makes, this makes more sense. Let men and women their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. Jesus said this when everybody was waving palm branches and shouting Hosanna. And the Pharisees, the religious people, were looking going, they're a little bit crazy. There's no need for all those shenanigans. People should be reverent. Right? We should just, it's, we should be quiet. It's a participation sport. We don't have, like, it's weird. They're up here singing and they're cutting up, but we don't have to do all that. And Jesus said, hang on a second. Luke chapter 19. If they don't shout... Even the rocks and the trees will cry out. Here, here's what I'm telling y'all today. If the rocks and the trees are going to cry out to the Lord, then let me do it instead. Is anybody with me in here today? I don't want to let the rocks and the trees be the ones that are shouting out because everything with breath is going to praise the Lord. What keeps us from praise, what keeps us from true worship is a void of true joy. Because we love to talk about joy to the world and we love to sing Joy to the world. Every time I see that, this isn't in my notes, so I just got to let it out. Every time I think of joy to the world, I think of uh, <laughs> National Lampoon's joy to the Nobody else? Okay. That has nothing to do with the message. Y'all just write that off. Don't worry about it. But I think that's what we think it is. And that is happiness. And there's nothing wrong with being happy. I like being happy. By 7, 38, 9... And 10 and 11 and 12 last night, I wasn't. Some, come on, somebody. Like, but it, listen, but it didn't take my joy. It was a stupid game. And I wanted my team to win just like y'all wanted y'all's team to win. But football, 18 to 22-year-olds, if that ruins my everything, then I have a problem. Let me, let me show y'all something. This is the title of the message. There's a massive difference between awareness and being aware of. And I would argue that the church is very aware of Jesus. And we think that being aware of him or having him a part of our lives is what brings joy. But awareness is something totally different. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Am I aware of Jesus or do I have constant awareness? 
Rejoicing is, is to exceedingly remember his goodness and his grace. Grace is the favor of God, the blessing of God in your life. And it's not a blessing for your purpose but so that he can lead you down a path of righteousness for his name's sake. And, and we, we make it so much about us that it crushes us. One thing, when I think of awareness, the one thing that I think of is athletics because I coached basketball for nine seasons. This is the fascinating thing. I can't tell y'all how many times I had parents, praise the Lord, no one's in here. I can't tell you how many times I had parents come up to me and say, my kid can dunk. But he don't know when the ball's coming and it hits him in the head, somebody. I mean, it's bad. Because he's aware that we're in a basketball game, but he has zero awareness. There's something special about a kid or a grown-up or an NFL player. Like, like we wonder, this dude has a rocket arm, so why isn't he the best one in the league? And it's because most of the time, the reason is he lacks awareness. His coaches coached him up as much as he can do, but he lacks awareness. Now, he's aware, just like all of us are aware that something's going on. But there is a huge difference between being aware of and having great awareness. Because here's what awareness is, y'all. There's a constant focus there's a sober-mindedness that the Lord gives me. Paul said it this way, the Lord did not give me a spirit of fear, but power and love and sober-mindedness, self-control, awareness. And when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, that is one of the attributes that I have. And here's how you know if you have awareness about the Lord. No matter where I am, I'm not lighting candles and singing kumbaya, y'all. That's not the point. If y'all are doing that, Praise the Lord. It's a little weird, but just do your thing. But, but it's constantly being able to be aware of what is going on in the world around me and realizing that the king is still on his throne no matter what is taking place and that I have to prioritize what is taking place and realize that it doesn't matter who this is or who that is or who wins this or who does that because Jesus is still Jesus and he's still sitting on his throne and nothing other than Stephen getting stoned that we can see in the Bible made Jesus get up off that throne. And I get so concerned and so overwhelmed with things. Come on, y'all can clap with me. Nothing, nothing, nothing gets him up. And we get so overwhelmed and concerned. Why? Because I'm aware that he's here. But I don't have constant awareness of his presence. And here's a story that I wanted to share with y'all because I think it's the perfect picture. And what joy, oh, listen to this, true joy, true gladness in the Lord, true awareness of his presence and his goodness. And let me just hit this real quick, because I don't want to miss this. I think any time a big bomb goes off in our life in a good way, like we've been believing God for something that happens, then we celebrate. Are y'all with me in here? But what about the fact that I got to get up this morning? What about the fact that I didn't have to search for breakfast, but I had breakfast on my table? What about the fact that I'm able... I can't even find it, that I'm able to pick up my water that I got from Sam's and I didn't have to beg for it. But in God's goodness, this 89 cent water is mine by the grace of God. What about the fact that we have this building that God has, through your generosity, paid for to us? What, what about the fact that I'm not who I used to be and I'm not even where I'm going to be, but God's goodness continues in me and I don't have to live over my past over and over again. And even though people say things about you, that's not who you are because you're alive in Jesus Christ. What about those good things that we forget about every day? Because that is the difference between being aware of 
and having awareness of grace. Grace is active and it's constantly chasing you. But if we don't chase it, we will miss it. And I feel like that's where we are in our lives, y'all. We're aware that God's grace is good. And we know that it's by grace that we're saved through faith, some of us. But we think because we go through hardship that God's grace is void. And there is never a second of my life because every breath that I take is but by the grace of God. And so I miss joy being who I am because I think that only big things are, are worth rejoicing about. But the fact that I have two children after Leah had two miscarriages and the doctor told us that you're not going to because it just doesn't work. That's a daily reminder of God's grace. Every time I see those children, I'm reminded of the miracle of God. Even when they're being eight and four, come on somebody, don't be quiet now. It's good, y'all. And so I have to ask myself, do I have awareness or am I just aware of? Because in John chapter 4, the woman at the well, I'm not going to read you the whole story, but Jesus encounters this lady who he never should have encountered according to custom because she was Samaritan and she went in the hottest part of the day so no one would see her. She wanted to hide. She felt unworthy. I feel like being, feel, the feeling of unworthiness, and ladies, let me talk to you for a second. Men feel unworthy, but ladies, you let that be your definition a lot of times. Then I feel like the feeling of unworthiness for God's love is what holds us back so often. And so she was trying to hide her past, and she had an amazing encounter with our Savior. But I want to jump ahead in the story as they were having conversation because the truth is whatever has your attention is where you try to find your joy. Whatever has your attention is where you're finding your joy. And in the case of the woman at the well, what had her attention is what you thought. And of course, we weren't around then, but we know the exact feeling that she was feeling because she wanted to make sure she could hide from her past. And so she went alone to make sure no one could see her. And so you can imagine the encounter she had, not knowing even who Jesus was, hoping that she wouldn't get caught. Are y'all with me? And after Jesus had said, by the way, I know that that dude with you is not your husband. You've had five of them, and the one you're with now is not even him. You're not even married to him. And she felt this deep remorse and embarrassment. But this is what Jesus came to tell her. The hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers, everybody say true worshipers, will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The way that you have awareness is when the Lord Jesus' presence in your life is spirit and truth. Constantly spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit And in truth, now listen to this, the word for worship in the Greek, I find this so fascinating, is is a word that they would have used when you approached the king and got on one knee in reverence and kissed his ring. A better picture maybe is the prodigal son, the lost son in Luke chapter 15. When the son realized after he had just lost his mind and spent all his inheritance and he realized that... His father's hired servants had it better than him. And so he said, he'll at least make me a servant. I'll come back to him and he'll at least, he won't won't outcast me, so I'm going to come back. 
And he was prepared to get on his knee and kiss the ring of his father and say, Daddy, I know what I've done and I realize who I am, but I just want to be in your house again. If that is not how we think of the Lord, that I don't deserve it because I know me, but he loves me and he calls me son and he calls you son and daughter, it changes everything. And not only did the father not push him down and say, shame on you, he picked him up and said, put the ring on his finger and put my robe on him and I'm going to clothe him in my glory and honor. Because why? Did he deserve it? No, but because I love him. My love is so great for him. That is how God thinks about you. If all I've got to do in my life is remember what I've done, even this week, and and how much I don't deserve to be up here and how much God loves me and says, son, I, I don't even hold those things against you because I forgave you. And I want you to worship me in this way. That I, that I would be as, as simple as a servant to bow down before my king. But he says, get up, son. I put my ring on your finger. Get up, daughter. I know you feel unworthy. I know your past, but I don't hold it against you. I'm looking for that kind of worship. Not with a song, because that is part of worship, and it always makes noise. Joy is never silent. Because joy is not always a smile, everybody. Joy is a peace that comes down here and it's deep and it's overwhelming and it flows out. In the worst of circumstances, your joys grow because it is is the fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy and peace. And the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. I'm aware of the fact that there's a dude coming. And he's going to be called Christ, the Anointed One. And when he comes... He'll tell us all these things. This is crazy, y'all. She's standing in front of him. He's already started calling these things out of her own life. And we see her say, I know that this is a possibility and that it's coming, but but I'm I'm aware of all these things. That is where we are in the southeastern United States, y'all. People can preach to you, but they're just aware of Jesus. They don't have awareness of his presence in their life every day. And that is why we live in a society that preaches Jesus and denies him with the lack of joy in our hearts. We don't have joy that comes in the morning. Even though my sorrow may last through the night, my joy comes in the morning. Why? Because I remember his goodness and I remember his love. But I'm just aware of his stuff. I'm not constantly living in awareness. And Jesus said to her, That's me. He's right here. Look, it says Jesus on this jersey. That's me right here, everybody. I feel like this is us. And we we think about the storm. We're like, she's crazy. If Jesus was standing right in front of me, I wouldn't have missed that. The Holy, listen, the Holy Spirit of God is inside of you, Christian. And we miss him every single day. He's inside of us if we're saved. And we're aware of our circumstances. We let our circumstances dictate our lives. We let our past dictate our lives. We let what someone said about us this week dictate our lives. Because we're aware of all these things and Jesus is a part. And we would say, y'all know Jesus, he's awesome. He's there. But to have constant awareness of his goodness and then let a joyful noise come out, that's not really where I am in my life. And so we don't make a sound, and the church is sitting silent, wondering what the problem is. I love this song, Holy Spirit. We're actually going to close today with this song. But I want you to see what it says, because it's powerful, y'all. 
Let us become more aware. Not let us be aware. Constantly being more and more and more and more aware of his presence. Let us experience the glory of his goodness. That is the definition of joy in the Greek, y'all. The person that wrote this was helping us understand this is what it looks like. Why should I worship? Why should I let out a joyful noise, Pastor? I lost my job this week because I'm not who I was and I'm still here. Because God has a plan for my life, even if it's not my plan. Because it is good, even though it's terrible in my own life. Listen to me. It's not always fun. We have, we have misguided you when it comes to joy, when it comes to peace, when it comes to long-suffering. We have misguided you to make you believe that it's always fun. The church, the life that you've been called to, it's, not, it's hard. But there is a peace that no one can understand until we become more and more and more aware of his presence. And then we experience his goodness. And it's not always the bombs, the big wins. The Lord pulled on my heart to come here this morning. And I prayed for a bunch of you that I have on my wall in there. And, but I drove down to a piece of land that we're believing God for. About a half a mile away. And this is what God said to me. I was, I was literally parked in this 12-acre piece. It's going to take a miracle, by the way. But I Jericho walk it a little bit and believe God's going to do something crazy. And this is what God said to me. And I'm telling you, it jacked me up really bad. This is, this is really early this morning. No one's on the road. No one can see me, thank goodness. And God said to me, if I gave you this piece of land, would you, would you rejoice in me? And I said, <laughs> you think? And he said, what about the fact that you had gas to get here to park on this place? I was like, hmm. What about the fact that I called you to this and you don't deserve it, but I call you worthy? Will you rejoice me just as much today as you will the day that I give you that piece of land? And I was really challenged, y'all. I just confessed to the Lord in that moment. At 5 a.m. this morning, half a mile from here, you can find it. It's a, it's, it's a flat piece of land that's 12 acres that's right across from the car lot, the car auction. And I just sat there and I just confessed and I had my cry moment with the Lord and I said, you're right. Because you're no less good or no more good when you give me that piece of land than you were this morning when I got up. And your love is no different because it can't change because that's who you are. And when I miss it because I'm looking for the big things in my life, I miss joy and hope to obtain happiness. And I put off this bipolar, up and down, schizophrenic Christianity that we have put off. We cannot change cities and change the world if we are not changed in us. We put out this thing that we can do this. Come on, y'all. We put out this thing that we can do this, but it's got to happen in us first. It's got to happen in us first. And I want to show you what happened to Paul and Silas. I, this is one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible. And I think, I don't know if there's a better picture of joy. Because I do a terrible job of allowing circumstances to dictate how much I will let out a noise. When I'm feeling like crud, when I've gotten into a fight with my wife, I know some of y'all don't do that, so we're weird and sometimes we fuss because y'all are good and we're not. Sometimes. I love Leah. She's awesome, by the way. I'm not calling her out. She would call, she would need to call me out, but I... In those moments when we're frustrated with our families or frustrated with 
our jobs or circumstances, we get silent. I need y'all to know in here today, and this is for somebody, that for every level that God's going to increase you, the devil's going to increase his attack on you. And if your gift is outweighing your person, you're done in that moment. Because God builds platforms for people, and he wants his name to be great. But if my focus is on my platform and not just walking with the Lord... It will crush me under the weight of me trying to be good enough because I am not worthy to be on this platform. But God calls me worthy and wants my person to follow him, not my platform to follow him. I've always got to live in an awareness of his presence and the glory of his goodness. Look at this. Paul and Silas had just been arrested for healing somebody. That sounds good to me. Does it sound good to y'all? For healing a girl. And then testifying about the Lord. And they arrested him. In that moment, I'm getting mad. Is anybody else with me in here? If you cut me off in line and I'm in the Black Friday shopping and I've been waiting for 20 minutes and you try to cut in front of me, I don't rejoice in the Lord in those moments. Better yet if you put me in jail. And it says that at midnight, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to the Lord. This challenges me to the depths of my core. Because you cannot fake it till you make it in this moment. This is either who you are or it's not who you are. We can tell the world what we are and we can be aware of God and when big moments happen, we will celebrate. But when we get thrown in prison for something that we haven't done, the world's going to know the truth. All you've got to do to find out who someone is is put a little pressure on them. And the truth will start coming out. And it says, we were praying and singing hymns to God. Making a joyful noise to the Lord. And the prisoners were all listening. Can y'all imagine? Can y'all picture this? These cats are crazy. Why are they happy? They're not. I'm sure they were deeply troubled. But they had an awareness of God's goodness in their life. And they knew that no matter what took place, even if they were killed, they were about to go be with the Lord, somebody. And suddenly, goodness gracious... There was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken. Sometimes in here we try to push y'all and we get excited and you wonder why, but I'm just waiting on that day that we make a sound to the Lord that is like an earthquake in this room. That we let out such a noise to the Lord. This is not to get you emotional. I need you to hear me. Joy can be or lead to emotion, but joy is not an emotion. It's a root that leads to fruit. And we try to fix all these fruits, all these problems, and we never get to the actual situation. My feeling of unworthiness is what keeps me from, and I'm listening constantly to the voices in my mind and in my life and that are chattering, and then I repeat them to myself, and I bring up past hurt. They did not worry about any of these things, and the foundation of the prison was shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everybody's bonds were unfastened. I think that is the best part. Their bonds weren't unfastened. Yes, they were, but it doesn't say. And Paul and Silas's bonds were the shackles, the chains, the bondage in their life was broken. Why is it important to experience joy? Why is it important to experience joy when all hell is coming against me? Because the people in your life beside you that have bonds in their life, when you start making a joyful noise to the Lord, their bonds will begin to break. Their chains will start falling off. They'll look around and go, I don't know what that cat has. I don't know what's going on. But he's making a joyful noise even when it doesn't look like he should be. And I want what he's got. 
They don't want what we've got when we win the lottery. They want what we've got when we hit bankruptcy. And we're still making a joyful noise to the Lord. When we believe in God in the good times and what we perceive as bad. Because in every one of those moments, God is waiting on us to shift something really big. And this is what I think is interesting. As Paul said to the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul was such a learned person. He could have argued with any scholar. He could have, he could have sounded amazing to everyone. And in that day, Corinth and Athens were just like America where it was extremely highly intelligent people that wanted to reason about God. They had other gods. We know the Greek gods. If you took Greek mythology, and some, everybody took it if you went to school, you just might have chosen not to remember it. But like, they all believed in those things, so they wanted to debate it. And they wanted to bring up all these other things. And this is what Paul said. I'm not interested in calling them out and chastising the lost people for what they're not. I'm interested, and I've decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Meaning I've decided that I'm going to constantly be aware of the fact that Jesus thought enough of me to take on sin, death, and the grave. To take on my sin and shame. To take on the fact that I was unworthy to be forgiven. But he was going to take on the crown of thorns and walk up a hill called Calvary so that I could have life in his name. I've decided that I know all these things and I'm very well learned. I've decided that even though I came from the tribe of, of Benjamin and I am a Hebrew of all Hebrews, that doesn't matter anymore because for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. I'm all about him. So I've decided that I'm not going to remember things and be, have constant awareness of things. Does that mean he didn't have fun? Of course not. But it means his awareness was constantly on Christ and him crucified. Why do we not experience joy in our life? Because that's not who I am. Because that's not who I am. Because I like to recall things. But it's not really who I am. And this is how I want to close today, y'all. Joy is not something you, listen to me please. Joy is not something you can talk yourself into. It's a decision. But it's not a decision like, all right, today I'm going to have joy. It's a decision, all right, today, Christ and His Holy Spirit will be the center of my life, filling my life. Let us become more aware of His presence. Let us experience the glory of His goodness. Let us be like Paul and Silas that in the worst of times, when the things happen in our life that we wouldn't wish on our enemies, we still make a noise that is joy-filled that we have constant rejoicing because we are repeating the sound that the Lord is looking for in this earth. He never intended for the church to be silent. The enemy's voice is louder today than God's voice in our hearts because we are afraid to out loud scream how good God is. I don't know how bad you were abused, beaten, abandoned. I don't know about your neglect. I don't know about a lot of your past. I don't know about how you were falsely accused or maybe rightly accused. I don't know about all those things, but I know this. Jesus Christ 
and the cross and him crucified and him resurrected, that is all that matters. And, and he will change your life now and forever. And that is how we find hope. Not in, a, not in a systematic way, but in the beginning with that and then constant awareness of his presence and his goodness. Like those athletes that don't even seem better than everybody else, so why are they starting? God is waiting for a frontline group of people, for an army to rise up. But the army isn't better than everybody. Listen, the army is aware of his presence and their kingdom people. This is what kingdom people looks like. It's a people that repeat the sounding joy that are a little bit crazy because no matter where we are, playing or working or at home, we have an awareness of his goodness and his grace and his mercy in our life. And we let it out. And I need you to know, friend, that I believe the number one problem is the church believes that it's saved. But it's just aware of Jesus. It doesn't have an awareness of Jesus. The thing that will truly change your life is when you stop playing games with Jesus and hope that you're good enough at the end of your life because you went to church or you knew him and you say yes to him, I will follow you, Jesus. And my hope for you today is that you won't leave here void of joy. Now, it's the starting point. But it will be begin to change your life because you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as we sing Holy Spirit, that you'll just declare this to God that no matter what's happened this week, you can remember the good and the goodness of God and the grace in your life and you'll just declare it. And you want everyone to see and know how good our God is. That's how we change the world, not by our talent. God does not need our gifts. He wants our heart to say, I love you back. Thank you for dying for me. And the best way I'll know how I'm walking with you, Jesus. I'm gonna be constantly aware of your presence. Will you bow your head and close your eyes with me? I feel like the Lord told me that I'm supposed to pray with you. And so if you'll just bow your heads, I'm just gonna pray. And I don't want you to repeat this out loud. I want you to pray it to yourself. Jesus, I put on a happy face, but the truth is I'm miserable. And the reason for my misery is because I'm aware that you're alive. I'm aware that you did what Pastor was talking about. But Jesus, I don't know you in a love relationship like you intended. And so today I just declare that I love you back. That I'm thankful that you died on the cross for my sin, shame. And that you resurrected and you're alive today. And Jesus, I receive you and I walk with you. And I will become more and more aware of your presence daily because of you and your love for me. In Jesus' name, with your heads bowed and eyes closed. I don't think there's any magic to any one prayer. I believe confessing that he is Lord and believing that he died on the cross and rose again is what salvation truly is. But I believe something like what I just prayed. If you mean it in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and he took on sin, death, and the grave. That he is reconciling you back to himself through Jesus. And he is bringing you in. And if that's what you want for your life, y'all, you don't have to stay where you are. I will not try to manipulate you. I'm just simply asking you, is there anybody in here that would say, Pastor, that's me. I know that for the very first time, I'm aware of it. I've gone through motions, but I need Jesus to save me radically right now. Come on, don't you let anything hold you back. You're worth it. He thought enough of you to die for you and to live for you. He loves you. I just want you to throw your hand up and say, Pastor, I prayed that and I meant it. Come on. 
everywhere, all over the room. Don't you let anything hold you back. Throw your hand up. Where are you? I see you. Will you keep your hand up? All over the room. Come on, there's other people. I want to see your hand. You say, Pastor, that's me. We have one bold person that raised their hand. I know there's other people. Come on. I know there's other people in this room today that would say, Pastor, that's me. Pastor, that's me. Let us become more aware of his presence. For the people that raised their hand and responded, I'm going to ask you to fill the card out that we gave you and bring it back to the back of the room at our next steps desk in the front. We want to walk with you and help you take your first steps. And I want everybody to look this way. I want y'all to celebrate with me. Can anybody celebrate in here that a couple people just said yes? Come on, somebody. Come on. Here's my challenge for y'all because I really do believe that a lot of us are saved, okay? My challenge to y'all is that you will not be silent, but you will declare this today. Let us experience the glory of his goodness. Let us declare, let us become more and more aware of his presence. We're about to sing that song. Can I get anybody in here to agree with me that that is gonna be our cry and that is gonna be who we are? And in this Christmas season, when it's hard to experience joy, we're going to experience it because it's gonna be who we are, not what we hope to accomplish. Come on, somebody, put your hands together in this place. Y'all stand with us as we sing.